Good evening, everybody. On tonight's episode of Societal Deconstruction, we're featuring D. White one more time in the episode My One Black Friend Part 2. This will be podcast number five. How you doing, D. White? I'm good. And I had such a good time the first time. I had to do it twice. So nice, I had to do it twice. All right, all right. That's awesome. Well, we are happy to have you here again. It was fun last time, too. So, we're going to talk about basically the same things as last time, but just get a little deeper into it. We felt like we still had a lot of stuff to touch on from the last episode. Barely scraped the surface. Yes. Barely scraped the surface. Yes. So, let's see. What do you think about cultural appropriation? Uh, Cultural appropriation, that's a... That's a great topic to cover, honestly, because I appreciate other cultures and the thing that they offer, and I, I, I have a disdain for people who, you know, do the cultural appropriation, kind of like, you know, they take from black people, but not giving us our credit. Mm-hmm. Or, I never even really knew what the heck that meant. Yeah. Yeah, like... Um, I'll give you an example of cultural appropriation. Vanilla Ice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. Yeah. He was kind of good in his own way, though. I mean, he was popular. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it, it, it depends on your view, because, you know... What about Eminem? Eminem? Um, people have made that claim, but you really can't... He has get, actual talent. Yeah, but be barred from that, just like, he was so ingrained in hip-hop, like... The way he fought himself. Yeah, the... exactly. Like, he's he's been in it and been through it, you know. And you can't say he's a cultural appropriator when he's a part of the culture, you know. Right, right. It's like, more like more or less, it's just outsiders, you know, picking what they want from, you know, from a certain people, not even just black people. And it's kind of benefiting from it and not really, you know, paying homage to it. Right. Yeah. Homage. Yeah. Homage? Homage. Yeah, it's almost like a, a fetish. They fetishize, you know, a certain culture or a certain aspect of a of a you know culture, and and that's fucked up because you know we as people we, we have such you know rich culture and and things that we do, and for anyone to just take it and be like, oh, this one thing's cool, yeah, let me just do it, yeah, and definitely. not really you know appreciate or even get to f- understand the full spectrum of it. It's it's disrespectful. First time I ever heard that term was quite quite a while ago, and it was with with Gwen Stefani when she left No Doubt, and she was doing that Harajuku Harj Harajuku Harajuku. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh because that's cultural appropriation. Oh man, Harajuku. Harry can't. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I know what you're trying to say, but I, I can't remember the term. Hachi kachi juju. Haka haka hoo hoo. Well, anyway, it was um, Japanese. They're Japanese girls or something. Uh-huh. And they dress a certain way, and I think they put makeup on a certain way. Okay. Maybe they all look the same, kind of. Yeah. Harajuku. Harajuku. I think that's it. And um, she she like dressed up like them for her her tour, or she had dancers that were dressed up like them, or something like that. And they were saying that was cultural appropriation in the Japanese. That is correct. Yes. She saw something that that's pretty neat. I'm gonna put it in my tour, and then people will fucking love it. But you don't really understand. You know. So you can't just take something from another race and put it in your tour. No, you can't. <laughs> no. 
I bet you could if you're making that hey, kind of exactly, money. Exactly. Yeah, for real. Jeez. But who's going to say, hey, Gwen, you can't do that? Uh, later. Yeah. Yeah. Passive aggressive. Very much so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like passive aggressive. I just like that. Very much. Yes, Jen is very much aggressive, aggressive. Aggressive. <laughs> I will tell you right to your face what yeah. I don't like. We don't beat around the bush here. No. No. But it's better then because you get it all out. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm a very like the older I get, the more like straight line and just fucking honest I am. Like yeah. Fucking just. You don't have time for the bullshit anymore. Yeah, nah, nah, bro. Every moment no. is precious. Yeah. We don't know how long we're gonna be here. Exactly. We could die tomorrow. I, I might not make it. Of old age. Yeah, I exactly. Might not make it. <laughs> <laughs> we're here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. Amen, sister. Mm. Amen, brother. With that water's delicious. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, on that tone, what about white privilege? Ooh, white privilege. This is a good topic, I think. Yeah, yeah. White white privilege is not like in a like you you're, you're born white and you have like this ticket and you just go to an office. And like, be like that's right, right. White right. privilege, like here you're rich that's now. That's because nah. I never knew I never knew what white privilege was until the. George Floyd stuff and yeah. Black Lives Matter stuff and all that was on the news and I was watching the news at that point and um, they kind of explained it better uh, but I always thought yeah it's just you're born you're born white you have this privilege you don't get pulled over by the cops because you're white you don't get harassed because you're white you get good jobs because you're white you go to good schools because mm-hmm. you're white stuff like that I just thought that was white privilege but I didn't understand all the underlying oh, yeah. stuff that black people go through it's a, that's our experiences not white privilege completely at all different. Yeah, completely. like one kind of example of white privilege that I use is like uh, the white, the white male is allowed to be angry. Like they're allowed to be the fucking emote anger. They'll be like, "Fuck shit, god dang it!" And Even it's though okay. they look like morons. Like, exactly. Like I have to be conscious of my temperament. You might get arrested. It's like I might get shot. I might not make it fucking home. You might not make like, it for real. You might not make it. Might not make it. You might not make it. Yeah, and that's white privilege. Like you, they're allowed to fucking be pissed off and angry. And just like a black woman. Yeah. Hey, how, she's how, like how, angry. how they how they find how they fucking separated from the British and from America. They got fucking angry over some fucking tea, tea. taxes, bro. Well, they, rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully I mean, so. yeah, they're wild. But, and then it same goes with the black, the black woman. If yeah. the black woman starts oh, yeah. yelling, and she's just an angry is. black woman. she's a she woman can't. and she's black. She's, right, she's, nothing she's, that she said is, 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 is the, everything she says is just nullified because oh, yeah. of that. The black woman experience is definitely a tormented one because she's both black and a woman. Yeah, you know. she's got two strikes against her. Yeah. Well, Josh, I was thinking the other day that were, were we just born lucky? I'm going to say, yeah. Even though you're black, I still think you were born yeah, lucky. Hey, <laughs> yes, but I, I grew up in a two-parent household. Yeah. I was never on government assistance, and the majority of my living experience has been middle class. Like, I've never been, I can't say I'm lower class. Like Yours that, isn't the typical black experience, but I think at this day and age... A lot of people have that same. A lot of black people have the same experience as you, because you know oh, yeah. a lot of people are, have gotten a lot better. Oh yeah, out. most definitely, most definitely. And you're, you're right. Like my, I guess my upbringing and just how I was, like, wasn't atypical. But like as we progress more as a people, like it's more of a, it's more of a standard. It's not like an anomaly, you know. And that's good too. Yeah. It's nice to see. It's progress. Yeah, definitely. Because man, back when. Back when the crack epidemic in the inner cities and stuff, yeah. that was terrible. It ravaged families and communities. Like, I can't believe, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a kid growing up in that kind of thing. I wrote a blog about it and I, you know, did some research on it and stuff. And all I could think about was like being a little kid in those 
in the, in the city, like with, whether they were in the in the um, what do you call those apartments? Well, projects. Whether they were in the projects or you know the houses or yeah. whatever, but the ghetto. You think their their parents could have been crack dealers? Their grandparents could have been crack dealers? Their aunts and uncles could have been crack yeah, dealers? That's cousins, a, that's the biggest misconception. Like when people hear like someone's like a lifelong criminal and they get drug games like well they should have did better they should have picked them up by their bootstraps and da, da, da. like no if you're born into a situation where that's all that is around you and the only thing you're like only if your option. motherfucking grandfather sold dope your father sold dope his uncle sold dope your fucking mommy was selling dope what do you think you're gonna do yeah you're gonna sell dope and, that's, and it's you're not, not gonna think there's it's not because you're evil or nefarious you're exactly. trying to fucking destroy the community it's like that's how you fucking that's the way and in that case, possibly the only way. And the only way, yeah. There wasn't like tons of like yeah, stores you're, you, you could live in a, at. Or, if you live or, in a community bereft of opportunities. Yeah. And, There's no landscaping jobs. Yeah. There's no, there was no landscaping. No. I mean, for Christ's sake. No. There was nothing nothing you could do. There wasn't stores you could go work at. There wasn't. I mean, they didn't. it was just nothing, right? No. Like a it's wasteland. Like what, you you got to play the cards you've been dealt. And then I was also thinking about. Oh, this is a good one. I was also thinking about. Rap and, and hip hop of the of the early '90s and, and the '90s, or maybe even I'd say yeah, early '90s '90s, that they got so mad at those guys, like like Biggie and Snoop and um, Dre yeah. and the other. I'm sure there's other ones. I don't know them all off the top of my head right now. But um, how they what do they call it? Um, what some music? Um, like uh, shit. I can't think of it. I'll think of it. But <laughs> why, you know, they, why they, why they, why they sang about, you know, well, shooting like, and pretty much is gangster rap. Gangster rap. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. Gangster rap. Exactly. But that's how those guys grew up. What exactly. else are they going to sing about? They're you sing, sing about, about butterflies and chasing butterflies in a field. Yeah, you talk about the environment and the things that you see. You're pretty much a reporter. Exactly. And they're not responsible for these communities. They didn't build. You know, they didn't have these 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 social constructs that was levied upon them. They didn't um, they didn't choose they didn't choose you know these funding these government dollars not going to their communities. The powers that be build this community. So if you want to point a finger at somebody, point a finger at the people who leave these communities, you know, decimated, and motherfuckers just gotta try to play to figure it out. And to me, that's almost a genetic thing. And they've left them decimated for. Decades. Like I was like I was gonna make this point. Decades, it's a, it's a right? genetic thing. It goes back to like slavery times, like like where we, we motherfuckers had to eat chitlins. Motherfuckers had to eat whatever, had to do whatever to fucking just make it and that's just the extension of it. Yeah, and you guys got like once you were freed and stuff, you had a few years there to maybe try to make it and then boom, every time you would get Jim up, Crow. you yeah. just fucking whack yeah. back down again, uh, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, then and people wonder why, you know, that race isn't is sometimes as doing as well as, as ours. Well, why do you fucking think? Uh, Chris Rock made a funny joke about racism. It's like, racism is like a game of basketball. And the white people got the ball first and made sure they were up 40 points. Yep. That's kind of the big thing with racism. Like, they gave themselves the head start. Yeah. And, and they were like, we won, we exactly, won, we won. Exactly. to figure, like, look at you guys. <laughs> what are you doing? You suck. Like, damn, like, we had to overcome so much. Like, what do you mean? Like, like, but it's 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 sad, but you gotta keep on going through it. Gotta keep on going. You gotta keep on going, and just be glad that it's not. Thank God it's not like that anymore. Thank God that 
hopefully those cities, those inner cities have all been, not all of them, but I think they're all getting, like, regentrified and stuff yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like, going back to New York, like, going around certain areas where I walked and they weren't the most savvy areas. I was and in, now they're completely different. I was in East Cleveland a few months ago, and that was pretty bad, to be honest with you. That was still pretty bad. I don't know why the hell I was there. I never, oh. been, I never been to Cleveland, but I heard Cleveland's hit as fuck. CJ got us an Airbnb in East Cleveland. Oh man! Of all places, someone did. Like, he didn't do his research. Right next, to <laughs> right next to Popeye's Chicken. Man, it, exactly. If you're Airbnb, there's a Popeye's Chicken at churches or something, bro. Just go, just leave. And it wasn't even up high where we yeah. felt safe. It was this little freestanding like, like bungalow, right? <laughs> with, open, with the open parking lot of of the Popeyes, and I just felt so exposed, like. People could be watching us through the windows. <laughs> we gonna get them. <laughs> and my friend, who's from Cleveland, said, "Don't go to the east side of Cleveland." And then CJ gets a freaking Airbnb on the east side of Cleveland. Right on the east side of Cleveland. And I didn't care. We got in so late, I didn't really care at that time. But when I woke up the next day, I was like, "What the fuck?" But he only booked it for one night, and we needed two nights, so we ended up having to. I ended up having to find us another place, and I wasn't too mad about it. <laughs> I said something like. We're still in the hood, but everything is the hood in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> this is a one just giant hood. Which brings me to the question I was going to ask you. Is there a good part of the hood and a bad part of the hood? Like, is there a, a part of the hood that you avoided? Um, Me personally, in my experience. So I would have just avoided the whole Yeah, apartment. Brooklyn. Um, I grew up in like a house house, you know, but like. Probably 10, 15 minutes down the road with the Vanderbeer Projects. Mm. That was kind of like a more off-limit thing. Like yeah. in the in the 80s, early 90s, I was really drug-infested area, very heavy gang. That's where all the crack would have been too. Yeah. yeah. Damn, all the crack went on when you were growing up. I know. Like it's a, like it's a small miracle. Like I've. You're so lucky you were that close to it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I give nothing but gratitude and credits to my, my parents because like I grew up in a time where things could have went left and for they sure. kept things right for sure and I think a lot of that is they both came from uh, Guyana right yeah so they were really into changing where they came from and they didn't want to go right back to like shitville when they got to America yeah, exactly. they, they, they worked they hard to opportunity make things like, better from a, a, in essence a third world country you come here for a better for a better life you, you gotta you gotta make it a better life Regardless of what situations you, you come into. Yeah, I wouldn't see them going to going sideways and selling crap. No. Nah. But. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky, though. You're definitely lucky. Definitely. It, it could have could have been could have been way different. I mean, like I said, are we born lucky? Because just down the road, you could have been born just down the road. Hey, if you if you made it out of the womb, breathing. You're born lucky. You're born lucky. I wasn't a stillbirth, bro, so. Yeah. I'm lucky. I have to be lucky, man. Yeah. A lot of people don't make it. You might not make it. Might not make it. Um. This episode sponsored by <laughs> the weekend. The weekend. You might not. <laughs> Just kidding. I it's... can't feel my face when I'm with you. <laughs> Just kidding, please. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to start singing? We can sing Jen's party no, song. No, it could be like you know licenses with the music. They'll be like, we're gonna sue you now. We heard you singing the fucking song, oh. bitch. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Might not make it in court when we sue you. (laughs) There was something on one of the podcast things I went on that is is all all content must be yours, and the content that's not yours must be uh, signed off or something. You must get written express consent. (laughs) Better not be verbal. Okay. Huh. Oh, well, since we're on drugs, 
since we're on drugs. We're not on, <laughs> we're not on drugs, but we were on oh, the topic man. of drugs. Let's clarify here. Yeah. Let's clarify. Um, black drugs, or the perception of black drugs, or the black people's perception of drugs versus white people's perception of drugs, we should consider. Yeah, true. Like, that's something, like, with the drug shit, like, I, did, I started dabbling when I moved to Florida. You kind of just see, like, kind of just the demarcation between black drugs and white drugs. Well, at least for me, anyway, like my perception in my in my mind, because I always thought like Coke was a, like a white people drug. The first time I seen Coke, like a rich, which rich, exactly, white exactly. Coke is a rich man's drug, and the first time I seen Coke was at a white person, and I didn't do it. But the first time I actually, you know, dabbled in the mug of sugar, um, it was with a black person. It was a it was a very um, prominent dealer at the time, and my first, you know. For away in that was was with a black dude. Yeah, well, since we didn't we didn't have any black dudes in my in my town, but first time I did it was with the, these two white dudes, and uh, it was it was interesting. But I always equated crack with black people because when I moved to South Florida, that was in '92, so it was still the early '90s. It was still the crack epidemic, right? When I moved down there, so I came from Western New York with not even seeing black people or any in the inner cities, not really seeing any of that ever. Except for maybe on the highway going through Buffalo to my grandma's house, like, you know. And then I'd be like, ooh, I'd be looking, looking. How, how does everyone else live, you know? Because I really only grew up in the country. And, um, you know, getting to South Florida and you see, I would just, I knew, I knew they were dealing crack in those areas. Oh, yeah. And I just, it scared me, you know, I kind of just tried to stay out of there. Oh, yeah, very, like, the South Florida area, like, you know, Pompano, I lived in Pompano, bean, too. Yeah, pork and bean projects, like, all that area. I lived in not Pompano. A, not a great place. <laughs> yeah. I lived right by the beach, though. Um, and I worked in Pompano, too. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, you go to Miami, where they tell you not to get off the highway. Yeah. But, get your shit jack, bitch. What else, though? What about, like, do black people do psychedelics? Um... I've I've done it. Um, I feel I feel I always see myself as kind of like a free spirit. Like mm-hmm. I kind of I'll do I'm I'm down for a good time. Like I'll, if I'm if I'm not objecting to it, like I'll, I'll I'll go with the flow type shit. But like psychedelics in terms of like black people, that if you're doing psychedelics with black, you're like a weird black guy. I would say I think it would scare him a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like we're like, like why, what you doing? <laughs> what you doing that shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, last night, me and uh, me and Jim were chilling. I was playing um, her some some music. I'm I was with people I'm fan of, and uh, the music that they make, like describe it as you know, weird black people music because they'll make like off kilter references, like you know they'll mention nerd shit. You know they'll talk about. I really didn't mind it either. Yeah. You know. One, one of the tracks uh, names was "Where You Get Your Coke From." Oh yeah. 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 And when I was younger, I used to get it from a black guy. Yeah, I guess it's not just a white man's problem. No, it's just per- it's perception. What about pot? I think everybody smokes pot. Yeah, everyone smokes pot. Pot's well, pretty much. Yeah. Across the board. Yeah, pretty much. Like if you're if you're smoking weed, like you, it doesn't matter the the race. You're just a pothead. What other drugs are there? Um. Somebody f- told me that Japanese people liked psychedelics. Isn't that surprising? Yeah, that's the first time I heard that. Same here. I didn't. I was surprised. Well, but um, took like black drugs. Um, there's uh, lean promethazine. Oh, lean, yes, you know? yes, that, little Wayne. I yeah, that drink. Wayne. What's in my cup is in my cup. You know. Yeah, isn't that a big thing in um Louisiana around like Houston, right? Oh yeah, Houston. Like it kind of was like one of the big pioneers for it. It's like sip and drink. Was what it's called. Yeah, 
And I used to get that shit when I was a kid. I that, get really that bad shit's coughs. Ex- that shit's expensive. And as I would fuck. get the um, it's a cough medicine with codeine in it. Yeah, that shit's that's expensive. what they make it out of, right? Yeah, it's expensive, like expensive, expensive. I remember it was really hard to get from the goddamn doctor, yeah. and I would tell him it's the only thing, the only way I can sleep at night without coughing. And like, it made me feel really good too. Yeah. And I was like a little oh, yeah. kid trying to get that shit on the street. It's like like this shit would go for like eight hundred, a thousand dollars. That's insane. $2, it's not even that good. I was thinking I mean, as a kid. Well, I mean, you, you didn't <laughs> you didn't know what you was doing. You just had a fucking sore throat. But look, I heard it's really good, like done recreationally and just drinking. It's it's like I've never like done it, but I think I have. Yeah, I ain't got the money for it. <laughs> I don't either, but. I feel like somewhere, somehow, somebody was drinking it and they offered me a sip or something. Where the hell would I have been? That's bizarre. I must have been in South Florida. Want some lean? Where was I hanging out? God, I was everywhere down there. I hung out everywhere. I did everything. I think I did everything there was to do. You've lived, went everywhere. You've, I, you've lived a wild life. I've lived lifetimes. You've lived lives. If I died tomorrow, I wouldn't regret a thing. No regrets. Not no at regrets. all. Not no. at all. No. I've traveled. I mean, I still like to see more, but oh, yeah. I think I've seen enough to where I feel like I'm satisfied at least. I'm happy and, you know, um, just grateful for what I've seen and what I've been able to do. Because I have done a lot. I've, oh, had, no, I've had some lifetimes. Experience and then traveling and getting out really shapes you as a human being. Having my boat and taking my boat to all those places and stuff. Nice. You can't ever, like, you can't describe what that is like. Yeah. It's amazing. And you just... You're a different person when you're on a boat. I don't know why. I'm, I'm, so, a, I'm so nice. I'm a scared person. Ha <laughs> <laughs> cool. yeah. I'm cool on boats. You would have liked it on my boat. My boat yeah. was awesome. Well, now, when I went to Guyana, we had to take like a big old like ferry where it was coming from the uh, the airport. I mean, you got from the airport in Guyana. It was cool. Yeah. You know, we was just driving. We get to see all like the... Just like the forestation and everything because Guyana is like a lot of... Like, it's like... I think like... I think it's like 60 to 70 percent just like forest because mm-hmm. a lot of the is it like rainforest? Yeah. Oh, nice. And a lot of it's a lot of people. The towns are just on the coast. But yeah. But like in the inland is just forest. Yeah. And probably animals and all kinds of. Wild, stuff. You find the wildest shit. I bet. Yeah. Probably like jaguars and stuff like that. I bet, yeah. Because you know every every continent has its has its big cat. Yeah. Like like in Africa they're lions and leopards and you know they have a bunch of them in Africa but. Then South America, I think they're jaguars, and then here they're um, um, here we have the what's the Florida the Florida um, panthers Florida panther. Yeah. And out west you have a ah, uh, I don't remember. But then in in Russia or yeah, like, like mountain lions are like out west mountain lions, yes, yes. And like Russia and Nepal and like the Himalayan mountains, you have the um, the snow leopard, Ooh. and they like blend into the snowy mountains and stuff. I watch a lot of them, National Geographic. Man, you like a just a. Treasure trove of information. I, I have so much use, useless information. I have. I can't remember what I did yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be great for. Uh, she could just give you the, the whole breakdown of you know big cats around the, the <laughs> fucking world. The world. Is, we could do another podcast yeah, on it. Yeah. Big cats around the world. Well, I'll tell you, she'll lose her pen that's in her hand. I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Wow. But yeah, that's it's interesting. So I was thinking, since Guyana is right off of South America. Yeah. Or it's it is northern South America, correct? It's yeah. not an island. No, it's, it's a, the north north part of South yes. America. Okay, yeah, it took me a while to figure that out, but I'm decent with geography, usually. Um, so what about? Let's see, let's see. Well, Tits McGee, 
Do you think we are cheap or frugal? <laughs> that was dumb. Uh, growing up, um, I always thought my parents were cheap, especially my dad, but now I know they were just frugal. <laughs> and frugality is just being smart. Absolutely. Like, honestly, because like, there was no way my parents would be able to attain what they attain and live the lifestyle that they do without being frugal. And, they would have bought you a bunch of dumb shit when you were a kid. It wouldn't mean anything to you now. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I wish that rubble. I'm fucking financially not responsible. Dude, I wanted that Nintendo so fucking bad. My mom would not give me the Nintendo. I grew up with Atari, and I didn't even have the Atari. I'd go to my friend's house to play the goddamn Atari, oh. and go to my friend's house to play the Nintendo. She would not get me the video games. I never had a video game until I moved to Florida, and I was 18, and I played someone else's video game, and I was like. This is Tits McGee. Uh, tits Larue. Tits Larue. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, we had like we had like gaming systems growing up, but it always be like a generation behind. Yeah, you like, know, the old yeah, I get the like motherfuckers on Super Nintendo still fucking up the Nintendo and right. shit. But it was always fun, like playing like games in the house and shit. I played it when I first moved to Florida. I played it. I think I was still eighteen. I played it at this guy's house that I was doing coke with, and um, <laughs> it was just like we were up all night, and he had the Nintendo sixty four maybe, but it was like the Street Fighter game. He had the um. I think the basketball game and oh another one I couldn't he couldn't get me off that thing I, was, I got a blister the whole pad of They're my thumb was man. one Games giant blister addicting. I, I probably sat there for 16 yeah. straight hours without even peeing I gamed a lot like early like growing up but like I got weaned off of it but like it's addicting bro it really is yeah it was fun it was fun it was like I had nothing that all, all my peers had played all through high school that I never got to do and it was like it all came crashing into the <laughs> Oh, and then my roommates got mad at me and kicked me out because I was doing coke. Oh man! Yeah, that's when I moved to Pompano. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, this girl that I was working with actually let me. She was living in her dad's friend's house for free, um, and it wasn't a great area of Pompano either. It wasn't in the it wasn't I wouldn't say in the hood, but it was like borderline. Yeah, uh, yeah, the cusp. Yeah. But we were working together at Bimini Bob, no, the Bryan Pub, and. She offered to, we became friends, she offered to let me live there for free for a couple months and save up money to get my own place. Because nice. I was just renting a room in a perfect people's house and it wasn't ideal. And um, I was like, fuck yeah. So she, I had a room there. I didn't pay anything. I stayed there for like two or three months, saved up money, went and got my own place in Deerfield Beach, right on A1A. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah. It was six fifty a month. It was on A1A. You could see the ocean from the living room window in between the condos. Wow. I wasn't on the beach. I was across the street from the beach. Can't get that. Can't get that th- today. It was a one bedroom. Had a full bedroom, kitchen, living room, bathroom. Wow, that's crazy. It was amazing. <laughs> Is Coco gonna survive this podcast? I don't know. Oh, poor girl, poor girl. Praise up for Coco, please, if you're listening. Yes, please pray for my little doggy. I think she has congestive heart failure, but she's she's uh she's getting through it. Yeah. She got out today. Oh really? Mm-hmm outside. Usually when she gets out, she runs runs, like she'll run blocks. Like, <laughs> she thinks the grass is always greener. <laughs> Ava like, like hides and shakes in the corner. Yeah. She can't go up. Ava's like, like runs for her yeah, life. Like, like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. I only have so much life to live. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And I had just gotten out of the shower, so I, was, I had a towel around me. Oh man. And uh, Blake, my roommate, and his son were outside and his son had left the door, both doors open. And I was like, I looked around for Coco. I'm in a towel. I couldn't even go run outside oh, and look for her. It was terrible. I had to come in and like throw some on real quick. And luckily, she came back in. She never does that. Good, good girl, Coco. Good girl. 
Well, let's see. You know what I find very interesting is, speaking of society and desecrating society. (laughs) 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 This, this, um, this, this podcast might have some blimpers. Bloopers. Might have some bloopers in it. It's not not going to be the smoothest. Not going to lie to you. Not the smoothest one we're doing. But you know what? Sometimes those are funny. Um, The constructs of society. Now, do you think a species of people, a species of people, is that right? A species of humans? Well, human is a species. Correct. So it would be like a a race of humans? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like these people that live off of, it's off the coast of India somewhere, something like that. And they live on this island, and they've never been, nobody's ever really gone there. They've just lived there alone. They're the Sentinelese, and they've lived on the island alone since the beginning of time, and they still are, and they live the way they've always lived. And they, you can't go within a five-mile radius of the island, or they'll shoot you with bows and arrows. Murder you. And they won't ever get prosecuted. They leave Murder them, town. They leave them the fuck alone. Yeah. And it's estimated that, catch this, there's between 10 and 400 people living on the island. So they really have a clue how many people are no, on that I island, no right? Idea. They have no idea. They're not go- getting close. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that's a utopian society or perfect, but... I bet they're happy I doubt fuck. they're probably... Yeah, they're probably... They're content. And it's the common misconception of human beings in this dark existence is we think that adding more things to our life completes our life. We're making a better experience. I think having less things... I think taking more shit away oh, from yeah, you most definitely. gives you a better experience. Because we just, oh, like the keeping up with the Joneses mentality. Yeah, we worry about so much oh, things that when we actually break it down and look at it, it's it's, it's nothing. It's it's literally nothing. It's garbage. It's stuff yeah. you just end up throwing away. You don't need it. No. Yeah, I have a theory on, you know, on uh, just the evolution of human beings. Mm-hmm. Like, I say up until the point where we wanted beer cold, because beer's been around forever. forever. Yeah. That's what that's the downfall of society. Yeah. Because the adventures before were just you know for necessity. You know, motherfuckers made fire because motherfuckers got cold. Right. They made the metal shelter. for tools. Tools. Duh, 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 duh. Right. Then we got beer. All right. Cool. But the first motherfucker who said, "Hey, let's try this bitch cold," and then we started building refrigerators, and then we started doing this, that, that, this, and we started. It all became stuff that we wanted, not stuff that we convenience. needed. <laughs> we love convenience so much. We have a place called the convenience store. Yep. Mother- and it became wants over needs. Why? Because it was convenient. Yeah. Yeah. It's wants over needs. Yeah. Because when you think about it, it's stuff that you truly need on a daily basis. It's not much. It's not much. But we, we've, we've programmed ourselves to think, like, I need this, I need yeah. that, I need that. And I don't, like, I don't, I don't... Materialism. Yeah, I don't really prescribe to that too much. Like, I'm more... Like, I don't spend a lot of money. I don't buy a lot of stuff. Like, most of the well, things in my house... I was looking in my, at my house a couple weeks ago. I was thinking, most of the stuff in my house is sentimental. It's been either given to me, made by somebody, or I bought it, like, on a travel or or something. Or, you know, photos of my kids or something. But, like, other than, like, my bed, I, I haven't hardly bought anything in here. The dresser I have was refinished by my dad. It was in my room as a child. Um, the TV I had was traded, traded with my friend in this crazy trading deal we did. Couple years ago, <laughs> doesn't even make any sense. But yeah, and you know, things on the walls were given to me by a good friend. And I just, I don't buy a lot of stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm frugal. I would rather spend it on experiences. Yeah, me too. Like I'm that. all about experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. stuff is just stuff, and I learned and that memories, when I got bro, Like we live in such a microwave society where we like things just quick, and 
with that, like we've we've we fail to like value things. Like there are few things that we hold yeah. as classics and we want to hold on to. Like we get we get saying, man, this is cool, and we just throw it away to get the next thing. Yeah, man, this is cool, throw it away to get the next thing. It's this consumerism, consumerism, just lending more and more. Yeah, and I don't I don't care for that mentality at all. Yeah. Like when I was married, it seemed like. I was married to, to a guy and I don't know they, they had some money you know more than I guess I had really grown up with but I didn't really care about that but his, his brother and sister were just always into it seemed like they were just caught in that keeping up mentality and like they, they bought this brand new house it was beautiful and like two years later, later they ripped out the whole kitchen and redid the whole kitchen I'm like what the fuck what a fucking waste what about the kitchen they had what else just go in a fucking uh uh Garbage bottle? Mm. You, you give it to somebody that needed it? How do you give a kitchen to somebody? They even got new appliances. <laughs> I was shocked. I just couldn't believe yeah, it. A concept that is kind of sorely just underused is contentment. Like, a lot of people just aren't content. I am. You know? Yeah, you want to, you if you're in the, you want to better your situation and become the best person of yourself, yes. But you got to learn how to be content. With you have to everything. learn how to like yourself and you have to learn how to have peace. You have to learn how to not let other people's bullshit yeah. crowd into your little peace bubble. Facts. You have to put yourself ahead of everybody else as far as having peace. You can't solve everybody else's problems. People don't care about you that much, so you can't no. care about them that the much. The number right? one rule of human existence is self-preservation. Absolutely. You, you worry about yourself before anybody yeah. else. Because if you die, you die. And that's and sad not helping sounds, anybody. There's no bunk beds in a casket. You're born alone and you die alone. You die alone. And there's another saying that like you can't you can't fill from every cup. Like I'm, a, I'm a giver, but I, I'm learning in life. Like I can't be the best person I am. I can't give to people. I can't be. When you're giving to everybody else, you have nothing left for yourself. Well, yeah, exactly. You're not replenishing. And there's people out there that don't fucking take. They'll 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 take. I still will help people because I'm. I just. I've always liked to help people. To, to people that are just down and out and I just yeah. feel so bad in the situation that they're in and they're just in a situation that it seems like they're just about to get fucked you know what I mean they're just about to lose their place or their, their car broke down and they're ready to have a baby or you know their electricity got shut off or something like that you know I tend to help people like that or you know someone who's been in prison for 30 years for you know it, it just stuff like that the underdog I've always fought for the underdog oh yeah and I still do that. I still do that once in a while, but I rarely do it. I rarely do it. I used to do it a lot. I used to do it a lot. I understand, like, you're kind of, like, your your temperament towards giving and, like, you not wanting to give because people have definitely fucked you over. And I won't give to somebody that can help themselves. Yeah, exactly. Help but themselves. Like, help yourself. Yeah. I'm not helping you. My thing, is, my thing was that giving, you kind of have to give without expectation. You just give because that's, that's the kind true. Of and I didn't give are. with, I didn't give with any expectations. Yeah. I would usually yeah, tell them, don't you, pay me back. Yeah, you definitely get to a point where, like, you kind of got to love people at a distance. Like, you never give anything that you desperately need or, like, never give something out of your your rent or something that you motherfucking need or whatever. Give something that you you know you're comfortable with not receiving back. Yeah. And usually I would tell them, you know, don't, you know, don't pay me back. I don't want to have to worry about it. I don't want you to worry about it. Just take it. I'm giving it to you. I would, I would do that. I did that a lot. But I've gotten to the point where I've got more of a steel heart. I don't, I don't yeah. do it. I don't do it like that anymore. I can't. I can't. Right, time and fucking the wear and tear of relationships will do that to a person. I think relationships are the hardest thing in the world to do of life. 
Yeah. Relationships, marriage, and raising kids, I think, are probably the hardest thing. What do you think about marriage, D.Y.? Do you want to get married someday? You've never been married, correct? That's correct. Um, honestly, me at the, the age of 33... I'm, I'm just coming in tomorrow, just enlightening on myself. I was like, I don't even know if I'm cut out to be married. And I told him, don't do it. Yeah. It's a trap. Oh, it's yeah, the worst it's thing like, you ever do in your life. But I've been divorced, so I come yeah. from a cynical view. It's just like, it's not like I have like such as a jaded view of it. Like, I, I, like, I want to have someone to live life with and, you know, start a family with. But I don't even know if I have this own strength personally because... I like I mentioned that I live in a two-parent household. My parents been married and solid, but like I see the true work that it takes yeah. to have a marriage and raise kids, and you don't put yourself first in that situation at all. No, nah. ever. And I'm just like, it's a beautiful thing, but it's just like, is that thing something I desperately want? But and if you don't find somebody that's equally. Like, say you've got a certain amount of strength. Oh, if yeah. You don't find a that's, a, that's a biblical principle, being, that has an equal e- being equally yoked with amount someone. of strength with you. So, yeah. say, if you find somebody with no strength, you're going to suffer so badly. Bro. It's going to be terrible. Or you find somebody with so much more strength that they're beating you down, beating you down, beating yeah. you down the whole time. And you have to be equally yoked. It's so hard to find somebody yeah, equal. Yeah. So hard. Because when you're first in that, that brand new fallen in love thing, my God, it's like you can't be, um, you can't make um, healthy good decisions at all no you're, you're stupid you're blinded by this love which i believe is a chemical reaction and imbalance in your brain and i think it is it's those it's it's uh dopamine it's oh of course um all that all the chemicals that are rushing through your brain it's, i think it's a feeling better than drugs um and you would do anything for that person you would jump out in front of a moving car for that person like like those first couple months or that first year yeah. you're just oh that's why I've learned like love is more than that that's the, that that feeling or that, that feeling is not love that feeling yeah cause love is sacrifice that feeling is lust cause love yeah that's lust that's romantic that's the Disney fucking shit mm-hmm. but true true love is is sacrifice true love is duty and service and those aren't sexy romantic words but that's what love is honestly for real because you could and it takes a, yeah. a big person to be able to do it hell yeah For especially for as long as you have to when you raise kids I mean you're banking on, you know, 20, 30 years you, you're raising kids. Oh, yeah. That's a long time. I did it for Because you don't, a lot. you can fall out of life with a motherfucker, but if you love someone, that's it. Because you wake it up, it's this year fucking tending your marriage. Your girl had two, three kids. She don't fuck you like she used to. And what if you, she's fat? If she's fat. What if her- and you got to fucking wake up at six o'clock every fucking day. You fucking got to make that, you made that decision to To yourself. get the kids off to school. Then exactly. Then make them breakfast, get them off to school. Make sure their homework's done. Pack their backpack. Get them dressed. Brush their fucking hair. Brush their fucking teeth. It is fucking... Oh, she's spitting right now. She's spitting right now. (laughs) It's so hard to do every single day. Every single day. And then you have to go to work. And then you have to work all day. And then you have to find someone to watch the kids from the time they get off of school till you get home from work, which is fucking ridiculous. And then, thank God when they get old enough, they can go home for two hours. And then you get home. You have to make dinner. I always made, like, stuff from scratch because I don't like box shit and I wanted my kids to have good food. So you make a from scratch dinner. You got to make sure they do their homework. And you have to do it for them sometimes if they're being stupid. I never did, though. But some parents do. And you got to make sure they take a bath or a shower, put on their pajamas, read them books, make sure they go to bed. And sometimes they don't want to go to bed and you want to throttle them. Go to bed. 
Go too bad. Doesn't that sound horrible, Dwight? I'm like, after that, you know, just... <laughs> I'm this, sorry, but that's the truth. Glo- that glowing uh, <laughs> explanation of what is being married, I definitely... <laughs> no, that's raising children. Yeah, raising, raising children. children. Oh, man. Children. You and then you, got a, then you got a spouse you got to deal with in the middle of all that. Oh, you must have feel bad, you know what I mean? bro. You had to do all them shits, them, them shits all those days, and you get in the bed like, damn, I got to suck some dick now? Oh, damn. God, yeah. Ah! No, go to sleep. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and then you want some, and then they don't want yeah. it, and you're like, fuck you. I did all this shit for everybody. Bro, I'd be angry. I'd be an angry woman, too. <laughs> yeah, you know what I did, though? And it's probably not great, but after the kids went to bed, I would put down fucking, like, a six, seven-pack of Miller Lite. Fucking smoke a half pack of cigarettes and smoke a joint <laughs> <laughs> on my patio while I re- read my book. You earned it. You earned I did. It today. I, did, I did it every night. I did it every night. Oh, it was like once they got out of the bathtub, I was I cracked one open. <laughs> I was ready to go. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that is a, it's a it's a commitment. It is a commitment, and a lot of people don't know what they're getting into when they do it. No, I don't tell a lot of people that like that. So. Consider yourself lucky or I unlucky. I don't know how you see it. Yeah, I think I think that's what they call a trauma dump. <laughs> uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, ego, ego, dump, ego, death. Ego death. Ego death. Yeah. I don't know if that was one. I don't think so. I don't know what that is. Ego death is like um, with psychedelics, uh, with shrooms and, and stuff. That's what kind of typically happens in the beginning. Like the kind of what? typically happens in the beginning uh, like uh, a lot of times you'll feel like you're falling you may have like a vision of you like dying or something traumatic but that's like the little kind of the representation of your ego dying and that's why I like like shrooms and shit because like if you use it for more of an intense person's purpose like not just trying to get fucked up off of it you could really kind of gain emotional accesses to places in your mind and you're able to deal with things and you're able to see things differently mm-hmm. from a different point of view mm-hmm. where you reduce the ego because you don't realize how much your ego affects your everyday perception and how you see things, process things, think about things, and kind of deal with your own trauma thoughts. This is a whole other podcast, but I think when I went to the realm, the enemy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got to do a part three or something, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, the realm's going to be a, one, one mm-hmm. of its own, but I think that happened to me. Totally what you just said mm-hmm. happened to me after I went there. I, I I think of everything differently now. I'm like a fucking completely different yeah. person. It's crazy. That's why I fuck with mushrooms. Like, I, like, I do them by, by myself because I see it as more of just like, all right, I'm kind of just... We could do them together. That'd be cool. That'd be dope. We would have fun. Oh, we yeah. Would ta- oh, we'd, fuck- we'd, we'd explain the fucking universe. Exactly. <laughs> we totally would. Oh, my God. That'd be so we build a spaceship to Mars. Oh, my God. Well, our, one time I did acid in Mexico, and we had rented a jungle house in Acamel. There was a private that cenote. Sounds, that sounds great. Oh, it's, oh, it's amazing, dude. And the cenote is kind of like our springs here. Um, it's just really clear water. Like 72 degrees there's little fish swimming around um but it's like a cave system in mexico it's like a underwater cave system that runs through the whole of yucatan and so our house was built over one and it was like um a palapa house which is like the thatched palm leaf roof and shit so cool and it was open air there weren't, weren't even walls it was so cool i'll wow. show you pictures of it but um i sat down there tripping on acid i sat on the edge of the cenote with my feet in the water and there was like fish nibbling at my feet. The water was cold. And up on the cave, the, the roof of the cave, there was bats. The whole roof of the cave was covered in bats. And they were flying in, they were flying out, and I had my feet in the water, and the fish were nibbling on my feet, and the bats were flying in, they're flying out. 
Oh, I meant goosebumps. <laughs> and then I saw the souls of all the Mayan people that lived in that area. Their like faces or their souls on that cave after all the baths went up. That sounds insane. It's fucking That's insane. Crazy. I am like I have goosebumps. Hair on my arms um, and standing up. I've never like had like vivid, vivid like kind of I guess visions or hallucinations. Oh, I have. Um, and there was mosaics yeah. built into the those round mosaics built into the concrete. I heard like with and uh, they were going. To... You see a lot of mosaics and patterns and stuff with. Uh, but they were real mosaics, yeah. and they were just moving like every which way. I remember anyway, the fun. first time I did mushrooms, I was over in uh, Winter Garden at my buddy's um, apartment, and I remember I was watching TV. It was a commercial, and it was like it's like a forest. But the camera's on the floor, and you see, like, the trees in the night sky. And I remember the trees started, like, twining in on themselves. That's why I knew it was hitting. And it was just like, oh, I need to go outside. Like, and, like... Because that's fun. Yeah, with, yeah, with tripping, like, I'm always, like, kind of aware of, con- like, a consciousness, even within it. Because it was one time on my 30th birthday, I went to over to uh, Daytona. And I did it. I did it out like there. You have to the tell hotel. yourself you're still yourself. I was. Sometimes. It was daytime. I uh, like. I had like tea. I remember I was on the seventh floor of balcony, and I remember I was tripping. And I remember like I could fucking reach down there and <gasps> grab it. And I'm telling myself, no, you can't. You you would die if you do that. Oh my god! I just started laughing. Oh my god! Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that's right. Like sweating. Yeah, like, <laughs> but it was weird. Like I was like looking down and like. It was like, um, I guess, the whatever platform or top or whatever place it was. I feel like I could literally reach my hand and grab it. And I'm like telling myself, my mind's like, if you fall off this balcony, you'll die. And it wasn't like scary. I decided to laugh at it. I remember tripping so hard that like, you have to tell yourself that you're still you. Yeah. You have to tell yourself you're still here on earth. That everything is warped into this fucking psychotic like play yeah. that you're in. You're, it's going to end eventually and it's cool. Just think of it as cool. <laughs> exactly. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta let go, but still have the consciousness. Uh-huh. Yeah. And sometimes I lost it. I've lost it a couple times for, for a little bit. Have you ever do acid? Yes, I did acid once. Just once? Yeah, it was cool. I was just up for hours. Just... Acid's a real commitment because yeah. it's... It lasts like it can last like ten hours. Oh yeah, I was hours. Like forever. I felt it, it will last forever, and then you then you cut the come down lasts forever too. Yeah. So that's like twenty four hours right there. Oh yeah, my and day then was. And you need like twenty four hours done. to sleep. You need a good yeah. forty eight solid off hours to, to do that shit. I remember I was driving. And I, I felt, would drive in snow boy no. Yeah, I felt like I was like in a fucking tank for some reason. <laughs> I felt like I was so much on top of the road. And I remember watching the sky. It was like very vivid colors, and like it was like moving crazy. I was tripping one time in Buffalo, and me and my friends had gone to the mall. We were teenagers, and I couldn't find my car for the longest time. I couldn't find my friends. We didn't have cell phones. I looked in. I went in the bathroom and looked at myself in the mirror. Oh, it was crazy. I remember looking at jeans and just wondering what they were, and. Couldn't find my friends. Couldn't find them. Somehow we all find, found each other. I have no idea how. It must have taken us hours. And then we finally found my car. I get in the car. I start driving. Oh my fucking god! It was nighttime and it was snowing. It was like Star Wars. It was like Star Wars. Oh my god! That's all I could see was the snow. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see the road and nothing. Luke oh, Skywalker, me. take the wheel. Dude, I freaking pulled over and I was like, dudes, I ain't driving. <laughs> I got the back seat. I don't care who the fuck is yeah. driving, but it ain't me. I'll walk. <laughs> Someone else. Yeah, <laughs> Someone yeah. else. Yeah. Well, that went off on a little tangent, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope you guys think we're funny. We think we're funny. I always amuse myself. Well, we can either wind it up, we can take a break, or uh, we can keep on going. <laughs> hey, Three it's, choices. 
It's up to you, Tits LaRue. I think we can wind it up. We've been on for, for quite a while now. We can, yeah. do a, we can do a part three if, if you guys think yeah, we should. I feel the, the, the connection. It's, it's, it's real. It is. Yeah. It is. We, we have a good vibe. Yeah. But I think maybe we'll do a poll at the end of this one and ask you guys if you want a My One Black Friend part three. Yeah. See if you like our vibe. See if you guys like our vibe. Hey, fuck with me, bro. Because we do. Everyone else does. I'm just saying. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Me too, man. Just, man. I don't want to brag or fucking, you know... Playing my own uh, trombone, but I'm a big deal. I'm a little man. I'm in, in my city of Claremont. Yeah, same. My uh, my ex told me that the only one that thought I was funny was me. <laughs> 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 but goddamn it, that's not true. I know it's not true. I swear it's not true. Yeah, okay. So you guys tell me if it's true or not. <laughs> All right. All right, kids. It was great having you on our podcast, and we'll see you next time. Have a great night. Always a pleasure and honor. Wonderful honor. having you, D.Y. Thank you for having me over. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully we'll have a part three. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>